Okay, and a very good morning. Welcome to this week's Arcade and Podcast. This is episode 19. Uh, the theme we're talking about this morning is the Japanese gaming industry. As always, I have Philip with me this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks very much, mate, for joining us. So let's just dive straight in. So I just want you to talk to us a little bit about the sort of Japanese gaming culture as a whole. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, it's podcast number 19 now, so it's kind of getting along quite well. Um, but with Japan, it's quite interesting how they do things in terms of gambling because it's not the standard gambling format anywhere else in the world. Um, the Japanese culture, they, they do like to gamble. It's kind of ingrained in their cultures. As any culture in the world, you know, we all gamble. It's, it's kind of thing. But in Japan, you have to look at how they operate in terms of the pachinko halls because, right. of course, the Japanese come up with a genius way to get around rules, right? Oh, yeah. They are they are geniuses, and uh, also pachinko halls are some of the f- funniest ways to get around things, laws you've ever seen. Um, if we look at Shinjuku in in Japan and area of Tokyo, you can see some pachinko halls there, and customers literally line the streets at eight o'clock in the morning, wait there for an hour. Like you got like eight hundred people sometimes in a queue waiting to go in these pachinko halls, and then they do a lottery system. So even if you're first in the queue, it doesn't really mean shit. Because you get a lot of it because they've got a superstition like if you get in, you can pick your own machine, and it's like oh, you know, you get okay. to pick you so a bit of lucky machine, a yeah, bit of yeah. Luck. So you, you can pick the lucky machine in, in the pachinko hall, which I right. think is hilarious because let's face it, all gamblers are suspicious and superstitious, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. So I understand that being you know, being a gambler myself. So I just found it uh, this documentary I was watching, it was a day in the life of a casino worker, and it was just I found that bit really funny because right. as well, um, the casino workers they were so helpful to the customers and so polite they were even cleaning the street near the like the, the, the pachinko hall um, wow. and i was like wow it's just so clean and tidy and everyone was so organized i was like wow imagine if the uk or malta or anything was like this be a mess. Like, wow. be an I'd absolute be like, mess i'd be like i'd be like carnage <laughs> but yeah so so they do the system they get the lottery and then they allow the first customers to go in and then right. they can s- select any where they want to sit and you know they play and in these pachinko halls, it's just rows after rows after rows of machines. It's it's nuts. The noise in the place is crazy. Pachinko right. games themselves are pinball machines on steroids, as I like to call them. Right. Um, so just imagine a slot game, meta pinball game, and you put all the music in the universe into it, and all the flashy lights and effects, and some are anime related, some are you know dragon related, all kind of themes as well. And it's it's just nuts. Um, you know, I design games for a living, and even I stare at these pachinko games going, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and the way they work is the the customer comes in, they buy these uh, pinballs, right. and the pinballs are worth a set value. It could be 0.2 yen, or it could be, you know, 1 yen, or 5 yen even, these, these specific balls. It just depends on, you know, each pachinko hole. Right. And then what the player does is they go and put, you know, these balls in the machine and then the more chances you hit into certain areas or you trigger the jackpot features the more balls you get and okay. that's what you want you want more balls in the end and if, if you watch this documentary some people are winning so much that literally they get like a little cart next to a person and they put all like um the balls in like in like tubs and they can lock them down so no one can touch the players balls and i have some guy must have had about twenty thousand of them or something daft like that and i'm like what the fuck Wow. Um, and it was, so it's not it like should... instead of money or coins yes. or anything like that at all. Because I'll get onto that in a minute. How that how right. that works? It's, it's a genius Japanese Japanese way to get around rules. <laughs> okay. um, and then the player turns like these um, knobs on the screen, like um, right. dials and things, to yeah. kind of make things a bit harder to shoot or like in the direction you want. It's it's really complicated to get to get your head around unless you play it. 
Um, okay. Even I, when I was looking at it, I was like, wow, I'd have to sit here and play this for a few hours. I'll probably go deaf as well. And as well, because players are really like protective of the machines they're on. So if a player wants to go for a break, or go to the toilet or go to eat food because they can eat, they'll eat food definitely they'll sit in all day like eight hours and eat food definitely and they'll lock the machine down and put like a sign that says you know the player's away or some some stuff like that anyway so at the end uh you know the casino workers are all going around the pitching call workers being very nice to everyone and it's really cool and the customer yeah. service is like it's not even 10 out of 10 it's like 100 out of 10. it's just crazy um, and you know they help people who are not from Japan come and learn pachinko as well, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and the way they kind of cash these in, so you know if you got your twenty thousand balls, so you go to um, this kiosk where one of the casino workers is working, and he basically totals up all your thing, and you get this like receipt, and you go to this kiosk stand, because in Japan you cannot gamble for money legally, land based, right? Okay. So they can't give you money back in there but what they do is so you want x y and z balls you exchange it for this token you go outside the pachinko hall you walk down the street and there's a place like a little stand or like a little kiosk like a small shop that will exchange this thing for a monetary value but it's a separate company from the pachinko hall okay. so you can make money gambling on it but it's just kind of like you have to go out go down the street exchanges and that's just a genius loophole it's, wow. it's insane i mean Pachinko has been a thing in Japan now since since the 70s, but we'll, we'll go into that uh, later on if we discuss kind of the gaming culture in Japan. But I just thought that was just such a genius way to get around rules that I don't even think the government cared clearly because, the, you know, if the government cared about it too much, they would close that down, that loophole. Yeah, right? and you could literally just walk down the road and just exchange yeah. it straight away. Um, I was just I just found it funny because I didn't realise that until I watched this documentary and I was like, well, wow, that's just crazy. But I was I thought it was genius. I was like, wow, that's just, that's, that's just big big brain plays we let's call it yeah so where did it come uh, about then because if you're saying it's only, it hasn't been around for like you know forever hmm. who came up with that idea and then the loophole and why can't you sort of gamble for money potentially in japan so the way it came around is so after world war ii japan was kind of in a slump right after you know the, the war and pachinko halls like gaming halls and like you know things like that were not a thing but they started opening like you know social spaces for people to work and you know have relax and you know as any country ever does and then around the 50s and the 60s pinball got introduced you know because america you know american troops right. were based there and then pinball machines got introduced and then it kind of just evolved from there because then it became in the way where you can get multiple pinballs and it kind of went with the direction the way japanese gaming was going because arcade machines were massive in the 60s 70s and 80s right in any country in the world so Japan was the birthplace of most of these games that were coming out. So the pinball games had to compete with this, right? You know, you've got like, you know, Super Mario Bros or Donkey Kong or whatever on yeah. arcade machine and you're there with bloody pinball. You ain't going to compete, are you, with the newer generation? So they had to figure out how to use that potential of the gaming side and bring it in. Because when you look at these pachinko games now, they're very gamified. It's, it's pretty much playing an arcade game, but you it's like a gambling form. And it just kind of evolved from there. And the Japanese culture they just responded really well to it. So all in all, it just was the right thing at the right time. And it just got traction. You know, when anything's the perfect product at the right time, it will always gain traction and become ingrained yeah. into culture, right? Yeah, it's totally. basically what happened here. 
And is it anywhere else in the world? Because I've, up until, I think you and I were speaking about this a couple of weeks ago, thinking of different topics and stuff, I'd never even heard of pachinko games, like, ever. Yeah, it's, so in other Asian countries, you will see something like this, but right, okay. it mainly is that side of the world, because right. European players um, and American players, you know, some there might be some pachinko games in America, but it's, it's not really a European product. But again, it's the culture difference, hmm. because... You know the Japanese culture was really suited to allow something like that. Whereas Europe, you know, we have a gaming culture, consoles, and things like that. But it wasn't as crazy as it was in Japan at the time when it started booming off. Right. So that's probably why there's you know nothing crazy like that. And with uh, gambling in Europe, you know, it's mainly online now and in casinos yeah. as well. So we had that you know legalization already. So we were allowed to gamble. And we didn't need no loopholes or anything like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get you. So. Obviously, if this is so ingrained in, you know, Japanese culture and so on, how, you know, imagine it's been affected massively by COVID and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, so, I mean, if you look at Sigma, um, some of the articles have been re- releasing recently regarding um, just Japan, they've been talking about the pachinko halls. Yeah. And I read an article the other day where it's 7.4% of pachinko parlors in Japan disappeared during the pandemic. That's a lot. Which yeah, that is that is a massive percentage, and considering how big this is in 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 Japan itself, it's quite a massive figure. But then, unfortunately, as well, um, with the way four in Japan now, they've actually closed all the pachinko halls again. So it's kind of they're just not getting any recovery. You know, it's they come out, they're like, okay, we know some places have closed, and then now it's kind of like, okay, bang, there's no fourth wave, you close again. So, and it's a shame because. You know, a lot of people go to these pitching courses to socialize, to kind of do their own thing, you know, for eight hours at a time, you know, each yeah. to their own. Yeah. And, you know, they're losing that. It's quite a shame for them. But again, I think now is where online will start picking up a bit more. Um, I don't think the pachinko halls will disappear at, at all, all, all of them, because again, very much ingrained into the culture and it would take a long time for something like that. Because Japan's a very social country. Yeah. People like to go and these pachinko halls, they like to go for a drink after work with, the, with the colleagues and you know have food and you know it's kind of in the, in the culture to do that so i don't think we'll see, uh, see the difference in terms of how we have in europe where you know everyone's really moving online but we will see a bit of that trend as with the current way it is now yeah so that being said then right and again i'm just going to throw this at you has anybody ever attempted to create an online version of that game yes um so there is some pachinko games online but it's really hard to recreate the experience of a pachinko game online because yeah. if you look at these machines when they when they sat in front of them they're just nuts that's the only way i can describe it it moves it lights <laughs> up like i've seen one where uh, like a, a person's head transforms into a dragon above you like like physically like a transformer and i'm just like wow it's so hard to replicate oh, that online yeah because yeah you, man you can show it on like a you know a video interface, but when you're sat there in a chair and the bloody machine is moving in front of you physically, you're like, okay, you have my attention. And then the stuff, <laughs> yeah. there's like jackpot games where you trigger it and a sword pops up and you have to push the sword down manually. Stuff like that. It's just so that's much interaction. Epic, Seriously, yeah. that's like proper epic stuff. So it's people have attempted it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, arcade and we're, we're interested in, in potentially doing one, but again, it's I wouldn't want to do it just for the sake of it. Yeah, I yeah. really would want to make a knockout product, and until we f- until we figure that out, I don't want to rush something like that because mm-hmm. I'd love to make a pachinko game. It's not; it, it's just arcade, right? You know, it just yeah, it's just straight ground. down to the ground. Yeah. But until until we can replicate that experience, like like it is in a pachinko, I would not want to do it. But yeah, it's 
people have tried. It's, it's they've not gone down badly. Don't get me wrong, because you know Japanese players will play them, and other people in the world playing. I've not seen Pachinko before, but you can't compare to the real thing at the moment because the real thing is just it's just not. It's just, yeah, that's that's all I say. I'm gonna I'm gonna that's gonna be my next Google search straight after this, mate. Seriously, my next Google Pachinko, search. Boom. Pachinko, boom, show me. Uh, right. So moving on, then we we briefly touched on in terms of like the loopholes of of gambling and the fact that you can't gamble money. So just talk yes. to us a little bit about those regulations and, and how different it is potentially then in Japan compared to everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So Japan, um, land-based casinos don't exist. You know, the documentary I watched was a day in the life of a casino worker in Japan, but that was just so people who are not from Japan can understand what this person is doing. Yeah. Um, so there is no land-based casinos as we know in Europe or America or anywhere like that at the moment. However, they are looking to regulate this and get gambling legalized in Japan. Right. It was yeah. making quite a lot of progress, but then COVID came. So let's face it, when COVID comes, everything gets put on the Kills. back burner, right? Yeah, everything gets killed. Yeah, totally. Um, sport, you can gamble online in Japan at the moment because it's available via an MGA license at the minute mm-hmm. because uh, there's no regulation to stop it. Right. So a lot of casinos are starting to go live in Japan and players in Japan, honestly, they are some of the best difficult players in the world. And they're only difficult because they read everything. Okay. So sometimes players will load a game up and not read anything at all. But in Japan, the really cool culture is they will literally go into a game or rules them for promotion and read it line by line so you understand it, which at times is great. Um, but other times, because you know stuff can get lost in translation, it can be a bit difficult for support, blah, blah, blah. But players like that are amazing because they'll just figure stuff out themselves and yeah. it's great. And as well, it's really exciting because Japanese people in the culture and people who live in Japan, not just Japanese people, you know, foreigners who work and live there, they're always on the phone because they're always traveling on the on the trains and stuff like that. Have you ever seen some news stuff of people getting on uh, trains in Japan in rush hour where they're literally pushing people into yeah, the train? Yeah, shoving them in. Get in there. Get to work <laughs> yeah. on time. Yeah. yeah, it's like, come on, we'll kick you in this train. Um, but if you look at that and um, the, the method they use you know, to travel is they're always on like a mobile device or they're always like gaming or something like that. So online casino will pick up really well in Japan just because of this aspect, because it's another form of gaming, right? When I mean, you think mm-hmm. about it, it's entertainment within moderation, of course. Yeah. So I feel like slots and stuff, once it does get regulated even more and you know it comes like normalized to gamble online there, I think there will be a massive spike in that market. I think it's gonna be a really cool market as well because mm-hmm. of the culture. I mean, we can do like manga style games, anime style games that appeal to that culture. There's, and you can try new mechanics that you know that might just work there and not anywhere else. There's so much potential in that market just to just to make your product even cooler and just yeah. to meet like another culture. You know, it's always good, especially like Latin America, for example, where you see players playing the content from there at the moment. That's just really cool because it's a, it's a culture that you don't necessarily interact with on a regular basis so when you do get a chance even though it's through something like this i think it's really cool because you learn stuff i mean i learned a lot about pachinko halls and that was cool because you know that cool loophole where you just walk out the door and go yeah. down the street yeah um so it just depends as well um the regulations they're up in the air at the moment especially with the tokyo olympics coming as well they're really focused on that so I reckon it's going to be latter part of this year, start of next year before we even talk about more of that stuff. But we all know it is getting regulated. It's just a right. matter of time. So again, what you talked about was the, the player habits that, you know, it's a very, very tech based mm-hmm. country in itself. 
you know, irrespective of any other country, you, know, you always, whenever you're watching any documentaries or the news, man, everyone's got a phone, everyone's doing something. So is that going to sort of help companies like Arcadium get into, you know, marketplaces like Japan because they're so tech focused and we can sell them something really cool into it? Well, f for us, it's more that we pride ourselves on quality and giving yeah. that great graphics, giving that great music, giving those great mechanics, but also keeping the game size down enough so people can play on the move. Yeah. So a market like Japan is great for us to look at because if we can make a game that people can play on the move in Japan, then it's going to work in London. You know, it's going to work in somewhere in the US. It's going to work in Malta. It's going to work in markets like that. Yep. So as long as we can do that, then I'm totally on board with that. Um, with Japan as well, we can try new art styles that we've not done before. Um, so Demon Academy um, that comes out in August is very much like kind of manga inspired kind of artwork. Yeah. It will do well across the board in the rest of the world, but I think it's got really good potential in Japan because you know manga in Japan, that's that's the thing, right? I mean, I watch anime, so I can't say anything bad about it at all. No, and, same. <laughs> so, so it's just to see that kind of art style come alive in one of our games is really cool. And I yeah. think Japanese customers will really like it because it's kind of, it's just a cool theme. Um, and it, again, it challenges you more from a design perspective, right? Because you're like, oh, how can I make this game look cool for the, for these people to enjoy? You know, these people yeah. in Japan to enjoy, um, or these people in the US, or you know, whatever. And then when you think when, when you think you've cracked this method, you're like, wow, this is great. I think these guys are going to really love this game. Yeah, yeah, it's I think it's going to be very just cool. Pride. Just a pride. Yeah, totally. So, just last question and, and again you briefly just touched on regarding the in terms of the regulations for the olympics how do you think with the olympics coming and obviously there's a massive like a year delay or whatever because it was supposed mm -hmm. to kick off last year how's that going to affect the sort of gambling industry as a whole yeah i mean if we if we step out from the gambling perspective at the minute um, just for a second i feel really bad for the you know japan as a whole because they were really excited to host the olympics you know it's a yeah. really big event you know london had it yeah uh, back back a few years ago so I feel really bad from that aspect because I think it would have been a very cool place to go to just look and watch the you know the Olympics there and you know go around Japan and see the you know culture and a lot of people would have had a chance to do that yeah. unfortunately with with Covid they're doing it behind closed doors this year no people are allowed to travel to Japan hopefully um, local people will be allowed to attend um, just give it a bit of crowd and atmosphere but again fourth wave is in Japan at the moment so again it might be behind closed doors so yeah. just from a cultural and a human, you know, humanity standpoint, it's very sad. You know, it's yeah. such a big event. I feel really bad for them. But in terms of a gambling perspective, um, the Olympics is something people bet on all the time. Um, it's a big event. You know, it comes around every so often. And I think because the fact people can't travel this time and see that people are going to be watching it a lot, and yeah. people are going to gamble on it more because you know you can't you can't go there. You're going to sit there watching it and you're going to have a gamble. I don't gamble on the Olympics because you know Team GB is a how to describe it? Okay, I guess <laughs> we're not we're not super good, so it's kind of you can't bet against your side, right? In terms of that, but you sat there, <laughs> sat there, and you're watching the Australians motorway swimming. And you're like, hmm, why can't uh, my guys be Australian? Got to ignore those. Got to ignore those, right? Seriously, we're yeah. all the gymnasts now. We're all the gymnasts, man. We're going for yeah, those. Yeah, we're all the gymnasts, and then it's like, yeah. oh, G GB should have a football team, and you're like, nah, hmm. nah yeah, that'd be great if England. If England, Ireland, and Scotland and Wales could literally stop arguing for five minutes to put a team together, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Totally. Well, let's face it, it should be just an England team then because we've got the best team. Yeah, 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 I said it. I said it. England's got the better team. Euro 2020. <laughs> um, 
but joking aside, I think it's going to be a really exciting time because I think people are going to watch the Olympics more this time because it's a bit of an escape, right? We've all been stuck in, and Olympics is such a good event for people to come together on a global scale and, you know, swearing aside, get rid of all the bullshit people normally do in the world, like arguing over dumb shit. Now people are getting together, you know, doing an Olympic stuff, and people take pride in that. And I always think there's a solidarity about the Olympics. I just feel really bad for Japan at the fact that no one can come and uh, see it personally. But again, I think it's positive for Japan. I think once this is done, the regulations will come back into a bit more of a focus because yeah. rightly so they are focusing on this because they have to make sure everything is safe with COVID around because yeah, COVID, can it just please fuck off? <laughs> well, again, if you think you've got athletes from all over the world, yeah. you know, descending on a country, um, you know, they've got to make sure that it's absolutely rock solid, yeah. super safe for them because the amount of testing you know, they're going to do and the reputation that they'll get hit with otherwise, yeah. if you know, if they start having some of the, the athletes and stuff getting sick, yeah, it'll just yeah, get exactly. to the floor. I think yeah. the amount of testing they're going to, the athletes are going to have to go through, like on a daily basis, is going to be insane. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what the podium is going to look like because normally the athletes are quite close together on the podium, right? Are they going to be like... Massive podiums, mate. Massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to be like social, social distancing? distancing? Yeah, social distance on the podium would be like, yeah. right, just give you a little elbow bump. It's, do you know what I mean? I said, it's, it's, it's really depressing because all the normal things that you like wouldn't even consider being a problem, like, you know, people being on the podium together, people being in the stadium together, it just goes out the window with the current situation we're in. And again, I feel really sorry for the people in Japan because I was actually thinking of going to the Olympics uh, when it was mm. on. And I would have loved to go afterwards you know go tour around japan because it's beautiful the, co the country is beautiful and the culture seems amazing i watch a lot of videos um there's a guy called abroad in japan a british guy that went over there to teach and now he's like a youtuber over there and he goes around and does all the cultural stuff in japan and it's he's, he's really good videos actually it's really good content and you get to see some of the, the beauty that a country has and you're just like wow why can't i be here every day yeah man yeah it'd be very cool very so, very cool country very cool Okay. All right, buddy. Well, listen, pleasure as always. Um, thanks for taking time at your busy schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. No um, looking forward to sort of getting this content again to our audience as well. We are planning a whole bunch of these now over yes. the next uh, couple of months. We're trying to get some this content back to be some controversial. Yeah, we'll throw some curveballs at people. Yeah. And again, it's going to be it's going to be opinion based content, right? Yes. Because I think you know the, the opinions valid out there right now. What's going on? So everybody, look out for the for the new sort of content that we're coming out on a weekly basis definitely for the next couple of months so that's yep. going to be cool and what's what's great about an opinion is if anyone wants to prove me wrong please do because um, yep. if i'm wrong i will fully admit i'm wrong <laughs> yeah can't um, wait for that one <laughs> yeah all right it's like we'll a, put that on a t-shirt yeah it's like <laughs> philip was wrong philip <laughs> was wrong the end this date <laughs> <laughs> no but jokes aside really excited for some of the stuff that's coming um let's just say uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the industry at the moment that we're really excited to talk about and some of it is going to be quite uh, interesting yep. <laughs> controversial wise for definitely alright brilliant stuff alright mate well thanks Emil as always enjoy the rest of your day and we'll catch you, you soon buddy alright take care, take care bye mate. mate cheers bye